and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Thank you for making us part of your day. Uh, we're going to talk to Scotty live from Vegas, uh, getting ready for tonight's Utah State uh, UNLV game. But, uh, Gordon, a good one going on right now in the Mountain West Conference. Uh, San Diego State, and I'm just getting this off ESPN, but uh, six leads 65-64 to 64 over Wyoming with seven seconds to go. Who's got the ball? Uh, it's a Wyoming's called timeout, so Wyoming. In fact, uh, Scotty G joins us now uh, live from Las Vegas. Well, how about San Diego State getting all they can get from the Pokes, huh? Wyoming had been playing really well going into this thing. They scored 111 points in regulation yesterday, um, and they, they were kind of a uh, kind of a dark horse, not necessarily to uh, to win the thing, but I mean they got number one seed San Diego State on the ropes now. Aztecs up one, uh, and I think uh, Matt Mitchell. The Mountain West Conference Player of the Year, who's got two whole points in this game. Uh, <laughs> not that I'm uh, not that I'm saying anything no, there, no. but uh, <laughs> anyway. Um, but he's going to line for a one and one with five and a half seconds left, so they can extend it to a three point lead. I would love to tell you guys I'm in the arena watching it, uh, but Mountain West Conference COVID protocols, even though each team, uh, because there's no fans in the uh, stands, each broadcast group is assigned a suite. So a room all by itself. Gordon, I know you're well aware of what suites are like because <laughs> you live in those. But um, um, I'm sorry. Uh, but so we're, we're completely isolated, but we're not allowed to enter the building until uh, 30 minutes before our team is playing. So I'm in my hotel room uh, as far away from the action as anybody. So there you go. How, how confident or I guess how comfortable do you feel uh, being down there and being around the whole process? Uh, 100% comfortable. Like, I think that, uh, the Mountain West has done a great job. If anything, if I've got a complaint, it's that they've gone too far. Um, I think, um, you know, I, I think that, uh, other broadcast crews could sit in a suite and be able to watch the games, um, in the comfort of a suite away from everybody, but I get it. I understand it's, it's, we just want, and, and, and to their credit too, I know I'm, I'm complaining a little bit here, but. If if and we just saw this with Duke, you have to have seven consecutive days of of negative tests to qualify for the NCAA tournament. Uh, I guarantee this time next week we're going to be talking about teams that had qualified for the tournament but are not playing because they didn't meet that rigid uh, 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 standard. So uh, I get it, I understand it, and they're trying to protect their teams. Not necessarily, you know. I think the players, for the most part, if they get the uh, virus, they'll probably recover and be just fine. But they want to make sure that these guys can get all qualified for the NCAA tournament, the Mountain West could have uh, potentially three or four teams in the tournament, so they're trying to protect them. And, and I get it. I understand it. Didn't Duke's season just get ended with a, with a yeah, COVID that's, that's, positive? Yeah, that's so I was referencing. They had a walk-on player who who tested positive, and they, they had to withdraw from the ACC tournament, and their athletic director said, we're just going to call it quits. We're done for the year. Wow, guess who's getting cut next year? Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> Scotty, it sounds to me like you might have to 
if you have to be very careful about entering the arena and whatnot, uh, is with all that downtime, uh, maybe a little poker should be played. Uh, that's a little bit surprising. I mean, we're down here at the South Point, which is uh, I, I I came down to Vegas earlier this year. Utah State played a couple of games down here, and uh, we were at a uh, hotel that did not have a casino, and that was in in January when the virus was really ra- you know it was had that huge huge uh, run uh, right after the holidays. And so I'm like, you know what? I like to gamble, but I like to play poker, but I'm just going to stay put. And I didn't do anything uh, too crazy. But now down here in March and the virus has kind of at least retreated somewhat, I walked in the casino and I was, uh, you know, we're down here at the South Point. So you walk through a casino to get to the elevators, to get to your hotel room. And I was shocked. This place was packed. Uh, not a lot of social distancing going on. Uh, I thought you'd see some partitions at like the craps table, but there was none of that, none of that at the blackjack table. So right now down here at Vegas, it's uh, full steam ahead, it seems like. Hmm. Scotty G joining us. Uh, and, Scotty, we'll get to the Aggies and the game coming up tonight, but I, I do want to take you back to last year. And uh, I saw you throw out some tweets about this. And, uh, you know, that that Sam Merrill shot was, was meant to be. What an incredible run by the Aggies last year. And to get it in before everything changed and, and shut down just by sheer coincidence because – what the for the first time ever the Mountain West Conference tournament was was moved by a massive convention, right? And and I guess someone wanted that shot to go down before the world changed. Yeah, I mean the Mountain West always is that week. They always end on that Saturday uh, before Selection Sunday, and that's the way it's always been for you know as long as this conference has been in existence. And there was a bit of a weird scheduling snafu last year where there was a huge construction conference. And so, you know, they uh, they talked to their talked to the individual universities in the summer before and said, hey, look, we can still hold the tournament, but just know it's going to cost cost your your schools a lot of money. We can't help you out with hotels. And so as a conference, they decided, well, let's just go a week early and just for one year, we'll do it. Uh, We'll have a we'll just go one week early and we'll call it good. And boy, it was incredibly fortunate because that's the year they were able to get the game in on the uh, seventh when Sam hit the shot and then the 11th in the week that it normally would have been the conference tournament, all hell broke loose with a coronavirus. So yeah, it was a, it was a stroke of luck for Sam to get that shot and uh, for Utah state to get that conference championship. So Scotty, what are you expecting for the, uh, from the Aggies this time around? What do you, what do you, what are you foreseeing? Uh, I will, I, you know, I, I, it's, it's really, as you can see right now, and I think San Diego state by all accounts, and I don't know if you, uh, can see or anything, but it looks like the game's about to end. San Diego State's going to escape. But I did not include Wyoming on this list, but there's five teams that have a honest-to-goodness, realistic, strong chance of winning this tournament. San Diego State, Utah State, Colorado State, um, Nevada, and I'm leaving out another team in there, Boise State. Uh, those five teams, it would not shock me at all to see one of those teams win the tournament this year. It's just been a very parity-driven league, especially the top half of the league. And so I think Utah State is as healthy as they've been all year with Raleigh Wooster and Brock Miller finally getting back in the lineup and playing well. Uh, Namish Keita is playing the best basketball in his career. So I think Utah State is really hitting their stride at a very, very good time. Uh, but with that said, they've lost to UNLV earlier this year, and it wouldn't surprise me if UNLV on their home court was able to pull an upset. Uh, Utah State should win this game, and they should win it easily. But this has been a weird year, and it wouldn't surprise me. It also wouldn't surprise me if Utah State reeled off three in a row and won the tournament for the third straight year. So with that in mind, Scotty, um, how much meat do you think is left on that bone for Utah State to to 
feel comfortable getting into the tournament? Do they need to get to the finals? Do they need, obviously winning it would ensure it, but what do you think? They need to get to the finals, and in doing so, uh, knocking off Colorado State. Uh, if Colorado State loses tonight, that certainly opens up a spot uh, for Utah State. And then if they win tomorrow, they get to the championship game. That means they've essentially let frog Colorado State, either by them losing tonight or losing uh, to Utah State tomorrow. So that really opens up things. Uh, it wouldn't hurt if Boise State were to lose. Obviously, it never hurts if Boise State loses at anything. But uh, uh, if Boise <laughs> – was that Austin? <laughs> that was Austin. <laughs> wow. Uh, but, uh, it w- but if Boise State were to lose, that certainly would clinch it. I think the Mountain West is getting three teams in, uh, and, and Utah State and Boise State and Colorado State. San Diego State's punched their ticket. They're in. It's just uh, two spots for those other three teams. And Utah State's got a good resume. Uh, and I think if they win tonight and they win tomorrow, then they're uh, probably fairly comfortable. Strange question for you, Scotty, but how many f- uh, future MDA players are in the Mountain West right now, you think? Um, I think Derek Alston of Boise State's got a really good chance. Uh, what's your definition of NBA? Just being on a roster, being in the G League, getting call-ups from time to time, or a guy that's uh, like, consistently... I, 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 on a team first. Uh, I would years. say an NBA contract. Um, uh, Derek Alston will get one. Uh, Grant Shearfield of Nevada will get one. Um, I'm not so sure about Matt Mitchell, your player of the year. He might be, but I don't know. Um, I'd say probably four to five right now. Nimi being one of those, you think, Nimi right? being one of those, yeah. yeah. I um, think, I, and I think he's got an opportunity for sure. By the way, San Diego State just beat Wyoming. 69-66, so they hold on and get the W there. Scotty, I want to talk to you about the development of Kata because uh, I've heard you talk about this from time to time, and I, I think it's really cool what Utah State has done with him up there. Uh, he comes back and he, invol- he evolves his game even more to the point where they're running their offense through him a lot of the time. Talk about his evolution this year, becoming a more well-rounded player in preparation for the, le- uh, the league. Well, he uh, so when they signed him as a freshman, he didn't make it over until like the mid to late August. So, and, and he had a tremendous freshman year. It was a freshman year and defensive player of the year as a true freshman. Uh, but but he didn't have a lot of time to work with the strength and development staff and get to where he needed to be strength wise, and still had a great freshman year. And obviously declared for the draft and then decided to come back. And then the next summer, he has the really nasty injury that he never really fully recovered from, and he played better as the year went on, but. It just was never the same. And so he lost all of that offseason. So he's essentially had two full offseasons where he never really got a chance to work with Utah State trainers and and all of that. And then this year when COVID hit, he decided to stay in Logan and and he was completely healthy at that point. He had a chance to completely work on his game and really develop on who he was. And you see the the results on it. It's just remarkable. And, And I don't know what his future holds in terms of the NBA. Maybe if it was 20 years ago, he'd have a better shot because the game's kind of evolved and he's kind of more of a traditional big back-to-the-basket kind of guy. But he is such a tremendous player and just a tremendous rebounder, uh, score around the rim. His passing is remarkable. His ability to defend on the pick-and-roll, I think, is probably his best asset that's going to allow him to get a shot in the NBA and he and instinctually he just comes up with big play after big play. He's a guy. Look, he's the only player in Mountain West Conference history to average uh, nearly 15 points, 10 assists or 10 rebounds, uh, three assists, and three block shots. Nobody's ever put up that line in Mountain West Conference history before. And he's an all-around player. He's a good dude. 
and I, I think the sky's the limit for him. Wherever he ends up, he's going to make up make a lot of money playing the game of basketball. He's the best player, best amateur player in the state of Utah right now. I'd agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. So, Scotty, what? Speaking of the NBA, I wanted to get your opinion on what your expectations are for the Jazz coming down the stretch here. Do you think they will finish the season with a top spot in the West, and are they a legitimate contender for a championship? Uh, yes, and yes. I I think that they've padded themselves a nice enough lead. I don't know about you guys. I think the Suns probably come back down to earth a little bit. Uh, I think the Jazz, their schedule is uh, is beneficial to the point where I think they hold on to the number one seed. Um, I think they've got a chance to be right there, you know, especially if, if they finish at the one and the Clippers or Lakers are two and three, then I don't see any reason why they can't play, uh, um, you know, Western Conference Finals. And at that point, look, we may have a full arena at that point, the way we're going right now. And California is going to lag behind. That's an advantage there. I, look, if I had to pick it, I'd still probably pick the Lakers, but there's no reason why the Jazz can't be there knocking on the door winning a title this year. And then, But, you know, the other part of this, Gordon, and I'm sure you and Jacob talked about this, you fight and you claw and you scratch all year long and you, you end the season like, yeah, we're the one seed. And they're like, congratulations, you have Golden State. You have Steph Curry. Or congratulations, you have Luka and Dallas in the first round. And you're like, geez, that, that, that's quite a reward for being the number one seed in the Western Conference and the number one team in the NBA. But the Western Conference is loaded this year. But, look, the way the Jazz are, and I, I'm not too overly concerned about the loss, you know, three out of the four losses, uh, I think this team hits a groove and they continue to pile up the wins in the regular season. You think the, uh, the, the second half of the year, Scotty, let me put it this way, how much is fatigue going to be a factor? Because everything's so close together. The Jazz have a benefit if they don't have too many games, only one, right? The game they lost against the, or they that was postponed against the Wizards that they'll have to make up. But it's it's a situation where there's not a whole lot of practice time. I mean, they'll play one game at home, and then they go back out onto the road. But it's a lot of games, uh, you know, and even a smaller window than was the first half of the season. you think that'll be an issue? Uh, I think it could be. But I also think a lot of other teams are going to be dealing with that right, as well. Right. And that's why, actually, and granted, I mean, I, I don't think the effects of having two extra days is going to last particularly long into the second half of the season. But I don't, I don't hate the fact that they've had a really lengthy all-star break here, uh, not only to recharge themselves, but recharge their minds going into this one because it's going to be a dogfight. Uh, but, I look, I, I, think, I think it's going to be I, – I, I don't know about you, Jake, but it kind of felt like you could tell this team – when they had the long winning streak, when they were winning 22 out of 23, it kind of felt like it was weighing on them a little bit yeah. uh, near the stretch. I think Locke kind of alluded to that as well. And I think maybe dropping a couple games, having a long all-star break, maybe that kind of resets everything and where this team can kind of just start the second half of the season on a clean slate. They're just too good to, uh, to struggle more than I think they, they, that, they, that some people think they might. And I think they're ready to go on another tear. Scotty, not that the team really cares as much about this as, uh, you know, going to uh, the finals or having an opportunity like that, but how many individual awards do you think the Jazz are going to reel in after this season? Uh, Okay, so I I need your opinion on this because – and maybe this is coming from a guy who kind of grew up in Utah slash Idaho where you think the whole world is against you. But the Knicks being marginally good at basketball – leads me to believe that Tom Thibodeau is going to win Coach of the Year. But 
we've talked to Kurt Heelan, we've talked to Jordan Schultz over the last couple of days, and they still think that it's Quinn Snyder's Quinn Snyder's uh, you know, award to lose. And but I'm just thinking, wait a minute, I don't know. The Knicks back east with a lot of voters back there, and the Knicks actually being decent at the game of basketball, I could see. I could see Quinn losing that award, but you know the national guys we still talk to st- seem to think that it's still Quinn Snyder. So I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm still leaning on that. Maybe it's just because I'm uh, I'm a skeptic. I, I don't know about the coach of the year, but I think Jordan Clarkson will rack up the uh, sixth man of the year. And frankly, I think Rudy should be defensive player of the year. You know, Joel Embiid will end up being the MVP. So then they they slip defensive player of the year to Rudy. That's kind of my thought right there. You know, you're speaking of Vegas. Uh, Vegas has uh, Quinn as the uh, the favorite to get the coach of the year. Okay, so, so am I being a am I being a conspiracy theorist there? Or do you guys what do you guys think on that? No, I'm I'm right there with you. I think they'll try and find any excuse to <laughs> oh, give Jake. it to the Knicks head coach. I do. All those all those writers that vote on it live back there. I mean, look There's, at look at all anybody talked about over the All Star break was the Dern Knicks. What are they? Five hundred? Yeah. Wait. Wait, if the Jazz finished with the best record in the NBA, you still think they're going to take that award away from Quinn? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Like, I, I hope I'm wrong. And like these, like I said, these national guys are telling us we're we're morons for thinking that. But maybe we're just a uh, a skeptical society mm. because we've been burned a few times. I mean, Jerry should have won it over Hubie Brown back in 03-04, but didn't happen. All right, Scotty, let me throw a question your way that Gordon and I have been batting about for the past couple of days. How many Utah teams get into the NCAA tournament? Um, I'm going to go three. That's where we settled on, too. Look, obviously BYU's in, and then two out of the three of UVU. uh, Well, you know, you got Weaver and Southern Utah in that same conference. So I'm going to say one of those two teams are going to win. That conference and our conference tournament, and then uh, it'll come down to Utah State and UVU, and I think one of the two will end up in it. It's kind of where we were, right, Gordon? Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah. Like let's let's uh, hope so. Guess. Three three teams in this year would be would be pretty rad. That'd be pretty no, that'd cool. be great. Yeah, that'd be really cool. It, and and four four is not out of the realm of possibility because. Uh, UVU, what uh, I believe they're the one seed, right, going into their tournament. I think they're the two seed, but they did just beat Grand Canyon, who's the one seed. Okay, all right, Scotty, how do you how do you foresee the NCAA tournament unfolding in Indiana this year? It's such a unique situation, but what do you how do you, you think it's going to be cool? Uh, I think it will be. I I, I mean, I think playing uh, playing NCAA tournament games in uh, what's it called? Hinkle Fieldhouse, the place where Hoosiers was shot. I think that's going to be pretty cool. Uh, you know, they've got three or four locations in that city that that are uh, poised and ready. Everybody essentially is in a bubble. So yeah, I, I I don't know. I think it'll be pretty cool. I mean, I'm excited for it. It's a weird year, so so try to find a way to make it work and and do your best to get around it. Uh, I I do like the various cities and going across the country and everything else, but having it in a central location for one year. I think it'll go smoothly outside of the first round. Uh, once they get everybody in a bubble uh, there in Indy, I think I think you're you're going to be okay in terms of the COVID. But I do think early next week is going to be a problem when teams are testing and you know the the water boy or the walk on like what happened to Duke or whoever gets tested positive and everything has to shut down. I'll tell you a story about Utah State. Um, so they played at Fresno on Friday and. 
and to make sure that they were eligible for the Mountain West Conference tournament and then hopefully the NCAA tournament, they uh, they took you know they had a charter flight and then they had a couple other flights so that they could spread out their team into differing travel locations so that they weren't all together on a plane so that if somebody tests positive they could eliminate that group but yet the other groups could could still fill the team Hmm. and so they kind of had to stagger it coming down here to vegas they did a bunch of different buses and stuff so that uh, they didn't fly, so they weren't all in the same plane. They took multiple different multiple buses so they could keep guys. Because apparently you can't travel together. If, if somebody tests positive and you travel together, that wipes out your whole team. But if you're on a practice court together, that's okay. So, <laughs> so may, I don't know. I, I don't get it, but that's the rules, and so everybody's trying to abide by them. Are you going to go, Scotty? Do you get to go if, if I do. you make it? That's great. I do. That's cool. I don't know how it's going to play out or what, what it's going to look like, but, yeah, I'll be there. You're going to be like, uh, what's that bad Jake Gyllenhaal movie? Uh, the <laughs> Bubble Boy? Bubble Boy. You're going to yeah. make it, hey, Scott, we've got this bubble for you, and we're going to need you to uh, do this until tournament time. As long as I'm not in a conference room, you know, watching, trying to call a game off a 13-inch monitor, then I'm happy. Absolutely. No, it's great. I think it's it's cool. It's obviously good for the station. Uh, yeah. Uh, you get to make that trek. So we'll be we'll be listening tonight. And uh, thank you, Scotty. We appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Talk to you later. There you go. The one and only Scotty G, the voice of the Utah State Aggies, and Utah State takes on uh, UNLV. Tonight, Gordon here on the station. Tip-off is at 7 o'clock. Pre-game begins at 6.30. And uh, the, the Yagi should win that. But I always thought it was it was dumb. UNLV got to play on their home floor every year. Well, what are you going to do? Take it somewhere else. You can stay in Vegas. Uh, Go bump yeah, the WCC good... out, of, out of New Orleans. Oh, oh, I got you. Okay. There's a there's like a, it's well, the entertainment capital of the world. There's like a zillion places they could play. So you're not saying move to Denver? No. Yeah, that's saying, what I thought. Get off uh-huh. their home floor. I mean, even okay. in a game like like tonight where they uh, they don't have fans. Obviously, it's a, a little bit different. But I mean, it's still your home rims. You've been playing on that floor all year. You've been down there for Mountain West tournaments, Gordon. When there is yeah. fans, it's definitely a disadvantage for the other team. Yeah, I would agree with that. But it's just so hard. Vegas is such a great place to have a tournament based that, uh, yeah. Uh, so you think uh, their familiarity with the environment, with, the, as you said, the rims, uh, the gym, all that uh, makes a huge difference? It does make a difference, sure. I, uh, I think they ought to move the tournament to Oshkosh. Wisconsin? So no, yeah, so that no one has any Nobody kind has of advantage, a- yeah. Uh, what about well, that would uh, be a fun place to go? Yeah. <laughs> what about Mesquite? Not too close to other teams in the conference. Is it? We need a whole new time zone that's not involved <laughs> oh, in the conference. What about uh, hey, maybe maybe they could have? You know what they should do? Rent out an aircraft carrier. And on water, play put, on water. Yeah. How about how about uh, the great equalizer being the weather? Move it outside to the racetrack. Love it. That'd be pretty awesome. But right? only in a snowy weather place. <laughs> I don't want a racetrack in in, Not in Key Vegas. West. Yeah, I don't need someplace windy. I want a racetrack in uh, Juneau, Alaska. Actually, I get it why they don't do it, and I like that it, these tournaments are in Vegas because it does give fans a place to go. But if it were yeah. all about fairness, I do like the home court going to the team that wins the regular season, and it, uh, particularly in a league like the Big Sky. And Big Sky's in Boise. They don't do this. Uh, they don't do this anymore. But. 
where it matters so much because there's only one team that's going and it all comes down to that tournament, at least give the regular season champ a little nod, little little congratulations for winning all year long. Does that get hard with lodging and stuff, though, making travel arrangements? Well, it's not for fans. I mean, uh, guys, when when Las Vegas is in your footprint, you've got to have it there. You've got to have there's no there's no choice. Well, you heard me acknowledge that I I like it that yeah. it's down there. I'm saying if if you wanted to make it fair for everyone, I like that, like that, as opposed to, you know, just letting UNLV like have a bunch of home games every year. <laughs> have they, has anything been proven out? Uh, have they had an an out of ordinary amount of success in the in the conference tournament? Uh, Google might know. No. Yeah. All right, let's jump out to the zone phone. Joining us now from Wasatch Medical Clinic, he's our friend Andrew Reinhardt. What's going on, Andrew? How are you guys today? We are great, and we like helping out our listeners. Uh, acoustic wave therapy, changing the way things are done when it comes to treating ED. Yes, it really is. That's a great description. Uh, there's 42 clinical studies on the science page at wasatchmedicalclinic.com. I like to talk about the Cambridge one, but there, there's a lot of data. What's interesting is they test this acoustic wave therapy on guys with erectile dysfunction. Most of the time, they take severe cases, guys that uh, no longer respond to pills or you know haven't had any type of function in the bedroom in 10 years. They put them through the treatments. They go back, x-ray, gauge the blood flow, and almost without fail, they show increases in blood flow. They don't show any side effects. It has a high success rate. So scientifically proven, uh, I think it's safe to say it can help reverse erectile dysfunction and really turn back the clock a little bit in the bedroom. Get the spontaneity back, right? You know, date night, make date night a thing again. Make date night a thing. Yeah, on-demand function. The pills do not offer spontaneity. As far as I know, our treatments are the only thing that can, actually. 801-901-8000. 801-901-8000. That's the number, 801-901-8000. Go see the doctor and a little uh, something on the side as well. So much for free. The exam, the assessment, the blood flow ultrasound, that's free. That's pretty cool. Uh, a little special gift that produces immediate results in the bedroom. You guys are going to love that. And this is maybe a four or $500 value, totally free to those that call now. 801-901-8000. 801-901-8000. Wasatch Medical Clinic. Thanks, Andrew. Thanks, guys. More big show coming up straight ahead. Stay tuned. Sam Amick at 4, Tim Lacombe at 5. Also, uh, some jazz availability from practice. Uh, sometime we're expecting during the 4 o'clock hour. Stay tuned. More big show next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Want to remind you about our friends at Davis Vision, giving you 1,000 reasons to get rid of those contacts or glasses. That's $1,000 off LASIK. Start your road 
to Better Vision at davisvisionmd.com or call today 801-253-3080. That's 801-253-3080 at Davis Vision. Big thanks to Scotty G for jumping on us on with us in the last segment. <laughs> uh, he thinks Utah State has to, to get to the final to really cement themselves into the tournament. Gordo, what do you think about that? Uh, well, I'll defer to Scotty on that. He probably would know better than anyone else. Sounds about right to me. So, uh, you know, it's not the easiest road. The, the The Mountain West has several good teams, and they're all kind of even, and Utah State is certainly one of those. You know, throw in Boise State and, and Colorado uh, State and the, and the teams that uh, that Scotty mentioned. And really— He mentioned, he mentioned Nevada. Do you, I, I, they've been sort of erratic this year, haven't they? 15-9, 10-7 uh, and seven in league. I mean, you know, proven to be a pretty— I mean, good team. I don't know about great, but good team. But the thing is, when you get teams evenly matched like that, it's just anything can happen. Sure. Yes. Uh, and by the way, speaking of Scotty, is he not, uh, I mean, him being the voice of the Aggies now, he is so good at that. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, Scotty so, does a great I mean, job. Yeah. He's a talented dude. Scotty's one of those people that uh, you, you it's it's hard not to resent because he's good at everything he does. <laughs> just, just, yeah, get him get him in front of a grill, a barbecue, you know. pipes pipes on loan from the good Lord herself. <laughs> Here we go, stop <laughs> it now. No, Scotty's great, uh, and uh, it's been fun having Utah State on the station. Um, a lot of memorable moments. Uh, Scotty uh, went viral last year for his his uh, call. Of the Sam Merrill three. You probably don't need headset. This I just like to hear myself. Hey, look. God didn't give me a lot to work with, but he gave me a pretty good voice. So I'm going to listen to it. <laughs> going to listen to it. See, Scotty comes from good stock, man. His family is fantastic. So he's he's got a little more going for him than just just a voice. Come on. But yeah, he's he's uh, he does a really nice job. And certainly it, it helps that the basketball program is is as good as it's been, you know, any time in certainly the last 10 years. You know, maybe going back to the J.C. Carroll, Spencer Nelson days, I mean, Utah State basketball, that's a, that's a good program up there, what Craig Smith has, has put yeah. together and what he continues to do. And we talked about Nimi Kata uh, and the impact that he's had on the program. I mean, you you got to get the players, right? We talked about that a lot in regards to Utah, and he's done a good job getting those players up there and, and coaching a good team. I mean, two consecutive Mountain West Conference tournament titles and going for number three, that's pretty cool. Have you heard the story? Do you know the story of how Kata ended up at Utah State? Uh, I don't know all of it, no. I don't know it either. I shouldn't ask a question I don't know the answer to. But just, uh, yeah, yeah, Craig Smith's done, done a real nice job up there, no doubt about it. How, well, how terrible was it, though, that we didn't get to see the Sam Merrill, Nemish Kata yeah. Uh, who's the kid that transferred to Ohio State uh, from Utah State last year? We didn't get to oh, see yeah. them in the in the big dance. Yeah, it's last too bad. Yeah, same thing, with the, same thing with same thing with BYU. Both yeah, with Yoli teams. and, and uh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Man, that's the. I mean, I mean, on the one year anniversary of it all, and uh, I think the the NCAA tournament canceled like the day after, right? Which like hours be, after. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and yeah. so mm-hmm. I mean, it's just yeah, it's it's. It's a shame. I, I honestly feel bad for the players. I know the, the narrative that the players are exploited, college players are exploited, is, is a hot one out there. But I honestly feel bad for the players that they didn't get to experience 
something like that because it is uh, somewhat of a once in a lifetime type thing, and uh, it would have been the pinnacle to a lot of uh, basketball careers, right? So I watched uh, a few minutes oh. of a high school so- soccer game the other night in person mm-hmm. uh, that my uh, cousin slash nephew was playing in, and I I was surprised to find. Now, I didn't cry or anything, but it was almost an emotional, euphoric feeling. Uh, and, and I, for the first time, I think really understood those high school seniors yep. that lo- across the world and across this country that lost that special moment in their lives that they'll never get back. Yep, totally agree. Speaking of, uh, the, of Utah State and BYU uh, a year ago, uh, Jake, they they did not have the opportunity to play in the NCAA tournament, but they were they did earn for themselves – the right to say we would have gone a long way in the tournament. <laughs> and that's just as good? <laughs> Not quite. But you know, we would is, have been a Final something. Four team, I'm telling you. <laughs> like Uncle Rico? Yeah. Like what I, we would have gone all the way that year. Best team we ever had. <laughs> Prove me wrong. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, you know, as the years fade, as the time goes by, that might be more valuable than you're giving it credit for. Because if any of them, I wish I could go it, back in time. I take state. If any of them end up, uh, you know, doing a radio show, then they can tell stories about what they would have done. Hey, speaking of uh, uh, of that movie, isn't it the same director that did the the Netflix docu series I just finished? The what's it called? The Mormon Murders. Murder among the Mormons. Murder among the Mormons. Yeah, Jared Hess uh, and uh, a guy named Meesum shared the directing duties and the serious documentary parts of this show are done by Meesum and the kind of reenactment dr- dr- dramatic reenactments right, yeah. you see are done by Hess. Yeah. You know, I came away from that uh, with uh, with kind of one overall thought. What? Man, that Rod Decker was a good-looking guy. Just Wow, that's not the thought I had. Just a, just a good-looking that, dude. That was your takeaway? <laughs> I had a different thought about Rod <laughs> Rod was uh, all throughout that. He did it, and uh, what uh, Dick Norris saw him a bunch of times. All those uh, news anchors that were here for so long. Uh, I guess Rod Carol Makita. Yeah, Rod wasn't necessarily Michelle Dick, Dick, I suppose. Dick Norris, what, what a what a nice man. Uh, really good guy. Uh, have you seen that, Gordon? Have you have you watched I've not, that? Um, no. It's good. It's uh, I didn't like the I didn't like the third installment as much as the first two. Felt like Game of Thrones ish, like they kind of wrapped it up quick. See, I, I was I lived through all that, Jake. I've I can't had my talk fill. about it. I can't yeah. talk about that. Can't anymore. go down that road. I was there for it, so I was like two and a half, two and a half months old. Now, if Randy Rigby were saying <laughs> that, that would be legitimate. Yeah, that's, well, yeah, in a on a serious note. on a serious Ooh. note, yeah. Randy explain yeah. explain to the people Randy's connection. Randy Rigby, former Jazz president, uh, was the business partner of one of the victims of the of the bombings, and Randy uh, was there on the morning of it, and uh, went up and saw the scene and all that stuff, and he's featured in the documentary. Yeah, that's a, a sad story. Yeah, the whole thing was was pretty nuts. But I I thought the the documentary was good. Uh, you know, not to criticize the Napoleon Dynamite guy, but the the reenactments were a touch on the cheesy side. I, I think. Don't, uh, yeah, I mean that's what Jared Hess does. Okay, yeah, and that's why he was good for it because it was the eighties, the nostalgia. He had he had that whole Napoleon Dynamite look and feel yeah. without the humor to it. Yeah, that was not very funny. No, the whole thing was not was not funny at all. Actually, 
It's worth your time. It's three episodes. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Hmm. It, it, it certainly a look inside uh, a major event that happened here in this community. All right. Well, I'll have to check, check it out, Gordo. Check is out the movie. Is it? Is it? I mean, it's informative. Is it? Is it downright depressing? No, no, uh, no, oh, okay. not depressing at all. I right. found it a little redeeming for the people that had been uh, hurt by him. Right. through all that ordeal I, f- I, f- I found it to be a little bit they ba- they were the heroes of this documentary yeah those that uh, survived Mark Hoffman and were his uh, personal friends in in many cases he victimized uh, them yeah, yeah uh, business partners that sort of thing uh, that one guy that just had to write off the 40k uh, that he paid for documents oh, that didn't sure. exist yeah, yeah that's tough anyway uh, yeah Gordon give it a give it a look it's interesting it's my wife was telling me today it was like the second most watched thing on Netflix right now. Oh really? Mm. Okay. All right, we'll have more coming up next. We've got a market update. Stay tuned. Uh, movie Zone tonight, ten o'clock. Ten. <laughs> yeah, ten. Uh, if I stay awake. <laughs> after the, after the Utah State game, get the Movie hey, Zone. Be eight got, overtimes I, and it'll I, be ten. I, I got a quick question, uh, movie related for you, real quick. Uh, I watched a movie last night that I hadn't seen in like fourteen years. And I liked it, but tell me if you thought it was cheesy or somehow not uh, worthy. Uh, Aquila and the Bee. I. My mom loves that movie, and it's a fine movie. I found it to be very over the top Disney, uh, cheesy and slow and boring. But slow and boring, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. If you if you're into spelling bees and. and <laughs> And come back victories and, and voting for the underdog, and you need a PG rated Disney movie for the kids, then you might be okay with it. I, I have not even heard of that one, and I've been going back it? into the Disney. It's not vault. as bad as Queen of Cotway. I haven't heard of that either. I, I, wait, wait. I liked it. I thought it was good. Yeah. But it's, I, enjoy, I enjoyed it. What would you give it? A, a six out of 10, maybe? Uh, no, I'd go higher than that. Well, higher than I'm that. glad you like it. Yeah. I've seen it once, I'm never seeing it again. What's the what's our what's our poll question this week? Your favorite British actors, actresses, and the best movie they're in. Oh, all right. Russell Crowe. <laughs> <laughs> Is he British? No, no. he's a, he's, uh, he's from New Zealand. Oh yeah, that doesn't count. Not close. <laughs> Go ahead, Gordon. Quite far, quite far away, actually. I think he's well, the best actor ever. The 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 best actor ever out of uh, out of Great Britain, isn't it? Well, wouldn't it be uh, Lawrence Olivier? That hack? That's a name that hasn't come up on the responses. Yeah. That's probably the right answer. Well, what is about he, uh, what about British, Sean Connery? Or? He's not British. He's uh, no, he counts. I, that's the United uh, Kingdom. Yeah, okay. He's Scottish, not Irish. Scottish. Right, but hmm. uh, you know, isn't uh, Canada technically the United Kingdom? Yeah, but it's not Britain. Oh. I see. See there? Uh, kind of. Uh, what about uh, Michael Caine? Michael oh, Caine. Oh, he's. I like him. I like Michael Caine. <laughs> yeah. And his best movie would be Muppets Christmas Carol. Well, that is amazing. I agree. Dirty Rotten Scoundrels is. It was great. really good. That was funny. Yeah, I like that. I like him. He's one of those actors. If he's in a movie, it's going to make it better. You know. What about uh, what about uh, Captain Barbosa from uh, isn't he Jeffrey oh, Rush? Jeffrey Rush. Yeah, he's, he's good. I like him. Yeah. I thought he was. I didn't. Is he British? 
I think so. Huh. I thought he was uh, South African, but I could be wrong. Oh, he could he? be. Oh, you could be right. I don't know. I, I, I would he was Australian in the King's Speech. And what was he in uh, uh, Pirates? Uh, he was Dutch, I believe. <laughs> well, he was not. That was, that was, the, that was the other one. Yeah. Well, the Flying Dutchman's the name of the ship. Cap- captained the, by the, the octopus squid. guy. Yeah. Yeah. What was that guy? <laughs> Yeah, I think he was. Davy Jones. He was from Naples. <laughs> was he? Naples, I Florida, or Italy? <laughs> All right, stay tuned. More big show next. 97.5 and 1280 the zone. on to the big show presented by big o tires stop by your locally owned big o tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires big o tires the team you trust this is 97.5 1280 the zone and the zone sports network big show gordon monson jake scott 97.5 and 1280 the zone time for a market update brought to you by trydaytrading.com now anyone can be a day trader. Visit trydaytrading.com. Gordon, how'd those markets do? Well, let's start with the S&P. The S&P was up over 1%, just uh, nearly 41 points. Yay! The NASDAQ uh, was up 2.5%, up 320, actually 330 points nearly. Yes! Bedlam! And the Dow reached an all-time high, if I'm not mistaken, up 188.5 uh, points today. I'm king of the world! <laughs> I'm always curious to hear what Austin's cooking up for those drops. I know, I like it. It spices up the market update. It's nice. So good news today. All right. Well, that is good news. Whole. Okay. Uh, we've got Sam Amick coming up at the top of the 4 o'clock hour. Uh, so make sure and stay tuned for that. Tim Lacombe at uh, at the top of the 5 o'clock hour, uh, Gordon. And, uh, you know, we'll obviously talk a lot of jazz basketball. I'd like to, you know, when we had the chat with uh, with David yesterday, David Locke, and we talked about if, uh, you know, what is the definition of sustainable, and he didn't like that phrasing and uh, kind of evolved into can the jazz hold on to the number one seed. And I think that's uh, a much more... Um, defined way to have this conversation, and I think I'm I'm falling on the side of the argument that I think they should. I think I expect them to. And you're the main force behind that positivity. I don't see any big negative stretches coming. Again, not to say they're going to rattle off uh, 21 of 22 again or whatever it ended up being 23 of 25 or when we start counting. But uh, you know, because I'm not sure that's possible. But I don't. I don't think I see a, a three-game losing streak, four-game losing streak. Maybe that's not realistic, but, I mean, they just have to be good from here on out to hold that spot. You know, the interesting thing about that is if what you just said is true, what a marked difference over last season when they would go on these 10-game win streaks and then lose five straight. Right. Right. You know? Yeah, exactly. And maybe that's the difference of this team. You talk a lot about consistency. I mean, that's what we're talking about, right? Yeah. Yeah. They're deeper. They've uh, well, we've talked about it. We don't need to go through the whole thing right now. But uh, the Jazz have have uh, looked at uh, where the holes were, and they've done a pretty good job of filling. 
Yeah, no doubt. All right, let's get out to the Zone phone. Joining us now, our friend Andrew Reinhardt from Wasatch Medical Clinic. And uh, help yourself out there. Maybe you've been uh, struggling with ED for a while. Maybe you're just worried it's it's coming on now. Andrew, there you guys can help everybody. Yeah, we can. We have seen patients. We probably see patients every day in their 20s, uh, every day in their 80s and 90s, and everything in between. Some guys have severe erectile dysfunction. Uh, for some guys, it's more mild. Uh, either way, the two most advanced forms of acoustic wave therapy that we use This gently opens up blood vessels. The leading cause of ED is restricted blood flow. Um, You know, as we age, as we eat, probably, uh, our blood flow decreases. We're going to help you with that. And what's so cool is we can do it pretty quickly over a few treatments in about two weeks' time. So that's two weeks' time, and you could get that spontaneity back, get back to normal in a sense. Get back to normal, turn back the clock in the bedroom, not have to worry about the pill and not have to worry about the side effects. 801-901-8000 is the number to call. Get in, see see the doctor, see if it's a good fit, and uh, some other benefits beside. Hundreds of dollars in value today, guys. Uh, put a stop to the ED. Call us now, the assessment, the exam, the blood flow ultrasound, all free. A little enhanced gift now that guys love. It produces immediate results in the bedroom. Uh, give us a call now. It's no charge. 801-901-8000, 801-901-8000, Wasatch Medical Clinic. Thanks, Andrew. Thank you, guys. All right. We're going to talk to our friend Sam Amick coming up next. We've got some jazz availability in the 4 o'clock hour as well. Stay tuned. 97.5 and 1280 of The Zone.